Doesn't it feel like eating healthy gets super complicated real quick, <laughs> right? Every day you're being convinced that macro splits and intermittent fasting, certain supplements, and hitting an ideal calorie count is going to be the magic bullet for your success. It's just exhausting and overwhelming, to be honest. And if I had to guess, what you really want is just to eat healthy, to have a body that feels good, and to not be a slave to the process for the rest of your life. Well, that's been my mission all along to help you find that food freedom, but I'm not the only one that's leading the charge on this. God's got several of us experts in this industry that are pointing women like you toward that health and freedom. And I've got Clara Colley on the show with me today, and you might already know her from the super popular Instagram account, Food, Fitness, and Faith. If you don't already follow her, make sure that you go do. She's got some great stuff. And Clara is a registered dietitian. She's a personal trainer, and she wholeheartedly believes that we were created to be stewards of our bodies, not slaves to how they look or slaves to complicated eating tactics. I got to be honest, this is a special one for me. As two professionals that are trying to make a stand in what's a really dark and challenging industry that's just riddled with vanity metrics and dieting pressures, we get to dig in deep together into what it looks like to actually find that food freedom. And yes, this applies even if you have weight loss goals. Be sure to stick around all the way to the end because Clara is going to share some really great nutrition tips too that you can put into action today. Plus, she's sharing with us her favorite chocolate cake recipe that you're not going to want to miss. All right. Okay. Without further ado, here we go. Hey friend, my name is Megan Dahlman. As a certified trainer and nutrition coach, I'm on a mission to change the conversation around fitness, nutrition, and taking care of ourselves as moms. If you're tired of restrictive fad diets and all or nothing workouts, in a culture that tries to sell you the lie that your value is tied to the number on the scale, then you're in the right place. I'm here to equip and encourage you to take simple steps towards the healthy life you want for yourself and the people you love. Welcome to Self-Care Simplified. Well, hey, Clara, welcome to the podcast. I am so, I'm super excited to have you on with us today. This is going to be a really good conversation. I can just feel it. Ah, uh, Megan, I agree. I can't wait. I'm like fired up to talk yes. about everything that we're going to talk about. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I was telling you right before we hit record, but one of my most favorite things about hosting a podcast is getting to meet amazing women but also like women from all over the country, places that I've never been able to visit. And last week I was chatting with someone from Ohio. I had someone on from New York, someone from New Orleans. Now you live in Asheville, North Carolina, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. You should come visit. <laughs> I, I have been told it is like magical there. Like it's beautiful. You're not far from the coast, right? Yeah. We're like four. Well, we're like four hours from the coast in South Carolina. Okay. I've never been to the coast in North Carolina. Um, I think it might be like five or six hours. Okay. But yeah, we're over Western North Carolina. The state is very long <laughs> like Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, some of my most favorite people in the world live in Nashville, Tennessee. So, and they've been telling me like Asheville, Nashville is cool, but Asheville is super cool. It's pretty cool. It's definitely a different vibe than Nashville for sure. But mm -hmm. um, did you grow up there? No, I actually grew up in Dalton, Georgia. Um, it's this tiny little town, but it's actually the carpet capital of the world. Carpet capital? Carpet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my fun fact. Um, but no, I moved here in 2015 after college um, for my dietetic internship. And I had never been here. It was just one of those things like, you always hear Asheville is so fun. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll go do an in internship there for a year. Why not? And then I never left. <laughs> well, not a bad thing. I'm definitely going to have to come visit for sure. For sure. And even though we're on complete opposite ends of the country, because I'm in Idaho, actually, oh, wow. I'm way, way over on the Northwest. Yeah. Um, but you and I have almost identical missions in life, which is so cool to like meet someone else where it's like, you're doing the same thing. This is so awesome. <laughs> and, and I feel like that mission is just to help women love their bodies, to be healthy and ultimately to no longer be a slave to their health journey. But I'm curious as to how you 
got here? What led you to become a registered dietitian and a personal trainer? How, and how did you know that you wanted to work in this industry? Yeah. So I remember like to the day it was February, 2009. Like that was kind of my initial just, I don't know, breakthrough into like, wow, nutrition, the world of nutrition is so cool. I was a junior in high school and like I have, I grew up very active doing like competitive gymnastics, um, cheerleading, tennis, basketball, all that stuff. Um, so I was very active and I just like loved being outside, moving all of that stuff, but never really paid attention to nutrition and actually was a very picky eater growing up, but I don't know what it was. Um, in February, I just of 2009, I was like, I like nutrition is really cool. I feel like if, if it can make me perform better, like if it can make me feel bad, then imagine it could probably make me feel good. And kind of hindsight on that, like I remember waking up that day in February, like after a night of eating a ton of Oreos. And just why is it always Oreos? I feel like it's always like the sleeve of Oreos. (laughs) Oreos with like milk. And I just woke up and I just like felt off. And I was like, why do I like, why do I feel like this? And so, um, that kind of led me into this, the field of nutrition and, um, ended up going to college initially for exercise science, Hmm. but, um, I did not want to do like OCHEM or, um, like, what is it? Oh my gosh. I've like blocked all of it out. Physics, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. I was like, I don't want to do this. So I went into public health for a little bit, but I didn't really like that either because it didn't scratch the itch of nutrition. Hmm, And then finally junior year, I was like, I want to do nutrition. And there was, thankfully I went to a school with a dietetics uh, program. So that was kind of my dive into that and um, went on to my dietetic internship after college. And then two years ago, 2020, I got my personal training certification. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of like opposite. So I, I got my degree in exercise science because I didn't want, yeah, because I didn't want to do all the like nitty gritty nutrition stuff. I was like human performance and active. Like I, I was super into like sports performance. Yeah. And so got my degree in exercise science and then became a strength coach and later got certified as a nutrition coach. So kind of went like the backwards route. Yeah. I love that. It's so fun. Well, what was the light switch moment for you along your journey that led you to enjoying your own health journey and no longer being a slave to it? Cause I know like, I really want to talk more about what it's like to be a slave to it, but you had to have had your own light switch moment along that way too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, it's funny. So like in hindsight or kind of t- to go back and paint a, a broader picture, like while I was in school to become a dietitian, I had a terrible relationship with food and my body and just like not feeling comfortable. Like I felt like I was too big and was just constantly on this like low calorie dieting over exercising cycle that I just felt like I couldn't get out of. And here I am studying about nutrition. It's just like so convoluted, but turns out like that happens to a lot of women in the field, which is sad. It's a whole nother topic, but Um, so all that to say, like I'm studying nutrition, wanting to be healthy, but I feel so trapped in my health journey and feel enslaved. And like, I can't stop thinking about food, always focus on calories, burning them off, doing two a days, running a ton. Um, and it just felt like I was enslaved to it and I couldn't get out of it. And, um, it wasn't until, and it wasn't really like a light switch moment. It was kind of just like a gradual, I don't know, maybe sanctification would be the word to call it, but yeah. um, like a, a gradual change when I moved to Asheville um, in 2015, 2016, maybe even to really to 2017 of just like really making my faith my own. Um, and, and when I really started to grasp like the weight of the gospel, like I never had before, I grew up going to church. Um, I I was saved in sixth grade and, and that was great. I grew up in the faith that way, but went astray in college a little bit. And so 
really being able to establish my faith as myself living in Asheville alone where I didn't know anyone and like the Lord was it. Um, and he just really used that time to kind of parse through my relationship with myself and like why I had such a tenuous relationship with food and fitness in my body. And a lot of it went back to like human approval, but, um, it was just coming back to like the profound grace and mercy that were offered in the gospel of like, wow, if the Lord can extend that grace to me in spite of my sin, I should be able to extend that same grace to me, you know, because I didn't eat like I wanted to you know, or, or I wasn't able to work out rather than berating myself. Like, no, how can I extend that same grace that the Lord extended to me, to myself? Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of, with that also goes into like approval of, I don't need to look for human approval because I'm already approved by God. And so that was a whole other piece of allowing me to, to feel more freedom in my health journey, because a lot of it was wrapped up in looking a certain way to gain human approval or to kind of place my identity in that. And that was all in God. And so it was like, Oh wow, I can actually enjoy all of this. And it's so much more fun. (laughs) I really feel like that's such a pivotal piece of the breakthrough process. Like I know so many people are craving that kind of a breakthrough or that type of freedom. And I just feel like if it's done in a like self-serving way of like, I'm going to try to figure this out on my own. And we don't pull God into the picture. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that breakthrough just probably won't ever happen. And I mean, I feel like I have a very similar story to you. And, and I know so many moms that do so many women that do, but I'm just really, I'm, I'm super pumped about this conversation because of all of these moms that probably still feel like they are slaves to their bodies. They can't say, what you can say right now, what I can say right now that like, I feel free. I I feel like I'm not subjected to what other people think of me or the calories or the scale. Um, you know, and the, the methods every day they wake up and they're trying these strategies to try to reach this type of perfection. And I'm constantly reminded of that one moment, you know, when Christ enters that temple and he stands up and he grabs the, the scroll of Isaiah and he just like, boom, like mic drop moment. He's like, I have come to set captives free. And I can't, I, I can't help but think that so many women in our culture today would say that they're, they're free as a believer, but this part of themselves is not free. So my question to you is in, in what ways do you think women are being held in slavery or held captive to their bodies, to fitness, to nutrition? I feel like just like in the society that we live in, everything is so like outward focused, aesthetically focused in a sense of like how we look on the outside. You know, if you look at like the people that are the, I don't know, like the light is is shining on like celebrities and people like that, like they're often very skinny or that's kind of just like the, the ideal that we're all striving for, but like, why? And, and who set that standard? Um, and I, I feel like that for a lot of people is we hold ourselves to this one ideal standard, but it, it isn't set by God and it's set by society and human approval. And we're not all going to look like that. Like we're all created to be very different people. Um, and so for those of us that don't look like that ideal body, we slave and strive to look like it and don't even consider like who we are in the image of God and just like our biology. (laughs) Like, I mean, you know, it's just like crazy. And I think, you know, it kind of funnels down to being like scared of gaining weight or being seen as fat to the society around us. It's, we just kind of want that human approval Mm -hmm. Um, one way or another. We want like validation and a sense of worth or identity and how we look. That's kind of what I find it to be a lot of times is it's just the outward focus and forgetting who we are in Christ. And how do you feel? I mean, as someone who's, who's smack dab in the middle of the nutrition industry, um, mm-hmm. how do you feel the nutrition industry has played a role in this, has played a role in setting women up for this frustration, for this, like trying to become a certain body type and and they end up getting discouraged in their own body and feeling like they're a slave. You know, I don't know if it's like 
the nutrition industry or if it's like the diet industry or like maybe they're one one in the same yeah at this point um but you know and and I was a dietitian and I feel or I am a dietitian but like in our schooling I feel like a lot of it was like the eat less move more mm-hmm. very focused on weight and BMI um but we overlook the other indicators of health like sleep quality and stress management and your hormone health and your metabolism. And like, are you pooping every day? And like, those things aren't sexy, <laughs> you know, like that's, it isn't pretty to think about and it doesn't, it's not outward focused. Um, but I think we kind of, we do ourselves a disservice or the nutrition industry kind of sets us up for frustration because it's only focused on weight. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even eating clean or eating perfectly um, kind of labeling foods that way as well. And so you feel like you can't eat something that is deemed bad or is seen as bad or off limits um, because that makes like, you know, you've blown it. (laughs) Right. Right. And I, you know, that's definitely something I appreciate about you is like, you're not, like scared or ashamed to show yourself eating something imperfectly. I think we have this idea or perspective of like, well, if you're a nutritionist, that must mean that you eat quote unquote perfectly. You must count your calories every day. Your macronutrients must be perfectly lined up because that is the standard that we should all be striving for. (laughs) No, no, I for sure don't eat perfectly. In fact, I don't even think there's a perfect way of like, striving for perfection. It's, it's elusive. It's like chasing after the wind. That's how I kind of picture it. Like you're never going to be able to eat perfectly. Like give yourself a break. (laughs) You're not going to be able to eat perfectly. Um, and I think removing that just pressure of perfection, it's, it lifts the weight off of you of like, Oh my gosh, wow. I don't have to eat perfectly And this dietitian isn't eating perfectly. Right. And that's not the goal. Like that's not where I'm supposed to end up. Like once I have arrived, it looks like this, this this must be what my meal is supposed to look like once I get there. And that's what is heartbreaking for me too, is for people to think like, well, that, that should be what I'm striving for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Not at all. And I think we love to overcomplicate things too. Right. Don't we? Oh my goodness. We look at like what we think is like perfect eating for so many of us. It's like, Whoa, it's really, really complicated. You know, if I were to sit down and measure out, out of like my perfect calorie breakdown, my perfect macronutrients, like getting all my micronutrients, like perfectly dialed in, like it's super complicated. And we feel like, well, that should, if it's complicated, then it must be right. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't. Well, what do you feel like are the steps on the path towards that food freedom for women? Like what, what, if someone is listening right now and they're like, well, I can't, I count my calories. I'm constantly counting macros. I don't know how to like get out of this cycle. How, how does she start moving down that path towards freedom from being a slave to eating? I, one of the first things that I did with myself and that I encourage clients that I work with to do is just think through like why you're doing what you're doing now currently. And like, not just asking yourself why once, but like, keep asking and like digging, like be that annoying two-year-old and keep asking why, like peel back the layers of the onion until you get to the real, real reason why you're doing what you're doing. Like if you're counting calories because you want to lose weight, well, why do you want to lose weight? I want to feel more confident in my body. Well, why do you want to feel more confident in your body? Um, And kind of going down it that way. And then, you know, and I would say, especially do that if you're eating or moving in a way that doesn't feel freeing to you, because that can be super eye-opening to be like, why am I doing something that I don't enjoy? Um, Because you can choose to not do it. You know, we're autonomous people and we're mm-hmm. adults. We can choose to not do something. Um, and it's, I mean, that's scary. 
easier said than done. I know, but just understanding that you have the choice. Um, and then kind of removing the pressure to be all in and, and shifting away from doing things with this all or nothing black or white thinking. Mm -hmm. And I like to think of it as like a continuum or, um, a light switch versus a dial. I posted that on Instagram. Yeah. I saw that. That was such a helpful visual. Yeah. I'm just like super visual. And so like, if you think of a light switch, it's either on or off. It's Mm -hmm. very all or nothing. It's how a lot of us are with our eating and our fitness. But instead of that, thinking along like a, a dial where you can kind of adjust the, the strength of the light or whatever, the brightness of the light um, and kind of getting in the gray area. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with someone today in my DMS of like the gray area. It's going to look different for everyone because it is a dial. It is a continuum where I am in the gray area may be different from where you are. It doesn't mean I'm right. It doesn't mean you're right. It means we're both right for, you know, where we are in our journey. Um, so kind of being willing to live in the gray area and with that, giving yourself grace. I think mm-hmm. that comes, you know, when you're in the gray, you have to learn how to give yourself grace. Well, and I love the dial because it feels like a dial is constantly moving too, you know, and I think that's where the grace comes in as well is like to recognize like some based on our season or even down to the day or the hour, like that dial can be turned a little bit up or a little bit down and it should be flexible. It should be able to move easily mm-hmm. and not get like stuck in one spot. Like that's when a dial doesn't work anymore is like when it's stuck in one spot. <laughs> right. And it's, it's that flexibility gives freedom. And I think of like, we're, we're very dynamic beings. We live in a very dynamic, you know, environment, like you're not going to be in the same situation every day. You know, like you want your health to be able to work for you, whether you're at home in your own, you know, comfort, or if you're on the road traveling, like that's where the the dial or the continuum can continuum can come in where like, okay, I'm not in my normal environment, so I can't do what I normally would do, but what is something that I could do along that continuum um, to keep the momentum and the consistency there, which I think is what everybody wants is consistency. Right. And it's, it's being able to manage those expectations um, and reworking it to think along the dial rather than, you know, well, I'm not to do my whole workout, so I'm just not going to do it. And now I'm totally off the rails. <laughs> Okay, I want to take a quick break from my conversation with Clara, who, by the way, isn't she so awesome? I just love her passion for making nutrition easy, doable, and simple, which of course lines up with my own heart. Self-care simplified, right? Well, speaking of simple, I'm teaming up with Clara again, just right around the corner. So back in June, I hosted the first ever Self-Care Simplified event all about summertime nutrition. And it was such a huge success that we're back at it for round two, and it's going to be bigger and better than ever. And this time, it's all about your fitness simplified. And I've asked Clara to be one of our incredible speakers to teach you all about workout nutrition. Not only that, but if you want to know how to design an inspiring workout space in your home, how to get your daily routine organized, how to sync your workouts with your menstrual cycle, how your personality and Enneagram type can impact your workouts, really it can, and just some things to consider for your pelvic floor during your workouts, and even have the chance to work out with me live, then you need to put this event on your calendar. It's Thursday and Friday, October 6th and 7th. It's all online. And yes, all of the recordings are going to be available if you can't make it live. Oh, friend, this is going to be so good. I'm going to drop the link for more information in the show notes. Make sure you're there with me for Fitness Simplified on October 6th and 7th. Okay, now back to my conversation with Clara. I love what you say about being created by God to to be stewards of our bodies, not slaves to how they look or how they work. And that stewardship idea, like that, that reigns true regardless of what our moods and our emotions are. And I love that concept. Can you expound on this a little bit? This was just something like for me, it was very freeing. It took the pressure off of my performance when I realized I'm not a slave to how I look or how I eat or how I move. Like my, my goal is to be a steward, which, you know, is taking responsibility, careful management over something entrusted to you. 
my get my body is a literal gift from the Lord. Like I did nothing to deserve being able-bodied, being able to walk to the mailbox or to be able to like shower on my own, to be able to cook, to be able to afford, you know, healthy food. Like all of that is a gift. And, and I, I'm simply to steward it. I'm, I'm to steward and care for my body the best that I can, not to a standard of perfection because we're not held to perfection. Christ's perfection is, is placed in our position. Mm-hmm. And so God doesn't want me to be perfect. He doesn't expect me to. Um, it's about just my obedience in the, in the, in the matter. Um, he cares more about my obedience, my heart, my motives behind it, rather than the outcome of how I look or how perfectly I eat. Um, and it, it makes it, when you look at it as being a steward, it's less about you and your own glory and more about giving the glory to God. And that is literally the most freeing thing in the world. Like, because he doesn't care about the outcome. He only cares about your obedience. And so it's like performance-based. No, nope. <laughs> if it was, and if it was up to me, I would fail every time. But that is the beauty of Christ in our place. His perfect performance, like his resume, he gives that to me and he gives it to you. And so well, it's not up to me. I can just steward my body to the best of my ability and know that ultimately I am in the hands of God. If we're listening right now, <laughs> we have something to steward. We have a body that is is worth stewarding regardless of where we're at right now. And we all have been given different levels of stewardship. You know, I'm reminded of that um, parable that Jesus spoke about, you know, where each person was given a different size of talent and he cared less about how much each person was given and far more about their obedience to what they were stewarding. Like that was way bigger of a deal. It wasn't like, hey, you've been given this tiny amount of talent. So that means like you don't have to steward it very much. Like I think often women probably feel like, well, my body is not that awesome. So it's really not worth taking care of. (laughs) Never thought of it that way, but that is an incredible, yeah. Comparison of like the parable to how we could view our bodies. I love that. And it's so true. I, I feel like a lot of people, I used to work in the hospital and you know, they, they get old, mm-hmm. we all get, you know, they're older or they are just in such poor health and they just felt like they weren't worth taking care of. And like, how sad to, to, to feel that way. Like, and so I love that parable. I'll probably be using that in some context and giving you all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, you know, I feel like every time we can read through pieces of scripture and you you see it from this a lens or a context, it's like, whoa, that just left off the page to me in a totally new way. I love it. You know, I feel like balance and moderation is so tricky. We were talking about having more, what I like to call elastic habits, you know, habit like eating habits that we've got some ground rules, we've got some guidelines, but they can flex, they can, they can spread, they can, we can switch that dial, we can turn it up and then it can always come back to its original shape, um, without breaking or snapping in the process. You know, how does someone get to that point (laughs) where they can find that balance? Cause I know that that is so hard, especially in a world that, elevates and puts up on a pedestal, these ideas of quick fixes and grandiose results of if you're going to show up and eat healthier, you better drop 10 pounds in one week, (laughs) you know, like that's our expectation. So how are we able to figure out that balance and and maybe even learn the patience in the process? Yeah. Um, for me, I think it goes back to retraining our thought patterns and how we think. And for me, that looks very practically like renewing my mind with scripture, using that to retrain your thought pattern of like, oh, I have to, you know, lose weight immediately, or it, it depends on what I look like having scripture to, to back that up otherwise. So that when you do have those, I'll we'll call them negative thoughts pop up, you can, start retraining or renewing with the scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you've heard of like Caroline Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf. She is like a neuroscientist or something. Okay. 
also a believer um, and she has a really great devotional is all about retraining your mind and really taking the, the verse of renewing your mind mm-hmm. um, and, and fleshing that out and looking at how like the, the thoughts that we think they, they like carve these pathways in our brain. And so if you think of like hiking on a path, that's like well-established, it's very easy. And it's kind of the path of least resistance where if you're trying to build a new thought pattern, it feels hard at first because it's literally not there, but we can retrain like science, like science backs us up. We can retrain our thoughts to build new thought patterns. And so even if you've been thinking like quick fixes, this is the way to go for 20 years of your life. That's, you know, what you think about automatically now, but we can learn and practice over time, just like working out, you know, the more you, the more reps you put in, the easier something will get. Right. Um, putting in the reps of thinking these new thoughts. And as believers, we want our thoughts to be in scripture. I want mine to be based in scripture. And so just having scripture there and ready um, has been helpful for me to kind of fight back that learning, you know, being patient, having grace, having kind of that balance in there. Um, and then another one I would say is just prayer. Mm. <laughs> I mean, always like just praying for this Holy spirit to give you the patience and the grace that doesn't maybe come easily to you. Right. And even praying through those, even those verses of like, I'm, I'm t- Lord, I'm trying to take these thoughts captive. Like help me. These are the thoughts that are going through my mind of, I'm, I'm anxious and I'm impatient. I want this process to go faster. I want to be a certain way. Like I'm recognizing how I'm thinking right now, like take these from me and transfer into me more upright, holy thoughts that you would deem are more freeing for me. And I feel like just like, you're, you're absolutely right. Like <clears throat> having the truth of scripture, like in our right hand, having prayer in our left hand and just like going about our day (laughs) with these two things, like clutching onto them is really the only way to experience this type of breakthrough and understand like the the balance of what it looks like to be healthy for each of us individually. But I know this is so hard because I work with so many women and I know that, and I'm sure you do too, that really do have some weight to lose. They are overweight and that is making them not healthy. And so this is where that is tricky because I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are like, okay, it's easy for you to say, you know, and just have perspective and like, you know, capture my thoughts, but I really have to lose weight and nothing is working. And I don't want to get sidetracked by vanity metrics. I don't want to get distracted, but I really do have to make progress here. So how can she make sure that she's getting the prop? progress that she wants without getting sidetracked by the vanity metrics. Yeah. I would say first, and this probably kind of ties in with what I just said, but like turning it over to the Lord daily and asking him to examine your heart and to change your heart. Like it's going back to that being patient. Like it's, it's a daily sanctification and, and daily laying it down at, at his feet. And like I kind of said initially, like it was a gradual change that led to this freedom. It wasn't just a light switch moment where one day I woke up and was like, I've got a totally healthier view on health. Like, this is great. It, you know, it kind of, it was probably like last year I looked back and I was like, huh, I've come a really long way. Mm. <laughs> and it was just a very gradual overtime sort of thing. And, and I credit it only to the Lord because like, otherwise I'd be in a pit of despair. Um, but it, it was that daily turning it over to him and, and, you know, being honest to him about like your heart and where you are. Um, and then just giving yourself the reminder, maybe having people in your corner that can remind you that regardless of your worldly results or maybe your physical ability or physical results, um, you're loved and your body is still good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, results aside, um, your body is still good and, and believing that um, at its core. And then um, having scripture, I know this goes back to, I'll get to more practical things, but (laughs) 
the the verse in first Samuel 16, seven, where it talks about like the Lord um, doesn't look on outward appearance like man does. He looks at our heart. Like, I just, I don't know. That is just so it stands out to me so much. Like at the end of my life, <laughs> when I stand face to face with the Lord, like he is not going to care what my body looks like. He's, he's not, not going to be like, Hey, Clara, what's your BMI right now? He's not. And you know, <laughs> I know that feels so like, well, that's easy for you to say, right? And I get it. And I, I can't, haven't been in the shoes of someone who is very overweight and feels extremely uncomfortable in their body. And so I can only speak to this to a certain amount, but I have been uncomfortable in my body. And this verse is like an anchor for me when I feel uncomfortable or where I'm not reaching my physical goals I come back to this and I think, okay, he cares about my heart. What are my motives? Am I being obedient to him? Am I doing the best that I can to be obedient to him and take care of his temple? Um, and reorienting my, my thoughts around that. Um, but then kind of with that, I would say just like focusing on building healthy habits over time. Mm -hmm. Um, because if we look at like, I don't know, when I look at weight loss, there's only so much control around it that we have. Right. It's kind of like this outcome based goal rather than like a, a behavior that we have more control over. And so if we're building in these habits that will facilitate or potentially lead to weight loss, we have so much more control over this and it feels good. Right. <laughs> and, and taking small manageable steps, not doing it all at once. Yep. That's, I think that's probably the biggest thing is like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be very complicated. And I know that's easy to say, but it really doesn't like, we're just not consistent with the very fundamental things. I totally agree. And, and so it's, you know, maybe you have a list of five fundamental things that you want to focus on, pick one and work at it. Like mm -hmm. focus all of your effort on that one for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, I don't know. And, and get really good at it and build that skill and give yourself grace and be patient and all of that, you know, mental mindset stuff. Um, but that's where I kind of always come back to it's building the very sustainable habits and skills over time. And we can go into, you know, what some of those might be, of course. Yeah. But. Yeah. And I'm excited to do that. What, so what would you say? I mean, from a nutritionist perspective, um, when you're working with clients like this, that feel like they have to move a mountain, like they look at their body and they're like, literally getting this body healthy is going to be like moving Mount Everest. <laughs> and it can feel so overwhelming because yeah. they think like, these are all of the huge steps and giant leaps I'm going to have to take to make this mountain move. But from your perspective, what are those few five things, maybe just the first one thing that they should take that, that feels doable and encouraging and gets them moving in the right direction? Mm. I think it, it'll be probably different for every person, but I would say maybe in the nutrition space, um, one of, it sounds so elementary, but like eating protein and carbohydrates together. Mm at regular intervals throughout mm -hmm. the day. And that will look different for everyone. So like, you know, if you are someone who is eating very sporadically right now and maybe has like a banana at breakfast and then doesn't really eat all day and then gorges at dinner, you know, that might be eating two eggs at breakfast with your mm -hmm. banana. And maybe you're still like kind of gorging at dinner. Um, but you're adding in more protein with those carbohydrates. It's yeah. not where you want to be totally. I get that. But we have to break that bigger goal up into smaller, more digestible actions that you can implement and mm -hmm. get it under your belt and build that win and build that confidence. And then once you have that, you know, two eggs and banana breakfast feels very good, very easy, then maybe we can focus on adding in a protein and carb snack in the middle of the day so that you're eating more earlier in the day and you feel less likely to gorge and overeat later in the evening. Mm -hmm. That will help move you towards your goal of feeling better, losing weight, having better energy, 
Um, it won't be the quick fix timeline, but has that ever worked for you before? So let's try something different and just experiment and see how yeah. it goes and be patient. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be patient. I, I feel like that is like the most important thing. Be patient with something like, like make it easy enough that it's something that you can be consistent with for a long enough time. And I love that you said protein and, and carbs. And I say it a little, I always say at every meal, eat pros, you know, protein and produce, like it helps to get you kind of like pull it down. Like, let's keep it real simple. Like the banana. Great. You got some produce there. Check like big thumbs up. You got some protein there with the eggs, like two thumbs up. Like sure. That might not look like a quote unquote, perfect meal. That is definitely moving you in the right direction. hundred percent. Like going back to the continuum. So like if this is where you are and then where you want to be is on the opposite end, you are inching your way closer to where you want to be. And mm-hmm. you have made progress from where you were. So high five. You've made Absolutely. progress. Absolutely. <laughs> I think um, that's what people do not do enough is stepping back and recognizing the progress that they're making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They underestimate like, oh, well, I, you know, I haven't really done a whole lot. I just added two eggs to breakfast. And it's like, no, that you have to take the first step. You know, you've got to walk before you run. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about you, but I feel like as a coach, like I'm, I'm constantly just amazed at what people are like the shifts that they're making in their world that they don't feel like is significant enough, but I just want to like take them by the shoulders and be like, you have no idea how big of a deal this is. Like you added protein to your breakfast intentionally. That is huge. Like that is so worth celebrating. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people need that encouragement and they need Mm -hmm. that support and that community that is like coming alongside them, whether it's a coach or like a community of people that, is speaking life into them and like mm-hmm. stirring them up to good works and, and stewarding their health and like just instilling belief in them. I think we need that. Everyone needs that in all area of life. But I think that's something a lot of people lack, especially if maybe they didn't grow up in that space or no one else in their family or close circle of friends is prioritizing health the way mm-hmm. they are. I, I think that's a lot of it a lot of it is everyone else in their family thinks that healthy eating should look a certain way, Mm, you know, like, and it's, so it's hard to find those people that will celebrate with you over super simple, small things, you know, it's, it's tricky. Well, as we wrap up close to the end here, I do have some really fun, like rapid fire questions for you, like one or one sentence answers just to kind of pick your brain on a few of these things. Okay. You ready? I am ready. Okay. Awesome. Okay. First one. What is your favorite like 15 minute weeknight meal? Yeah. Okay. Um, honestly, we always have daily harvest harvest bowls in oh. our freezer. Um, I will have one of those with like a couple scrambled eggs and it's ready in like five minutes. Otherwise I pretty much always have a pan of, or a leftover batch of roasted veggies, whatever I roasted that week. And any kind of protein. It'll probably be eggs if it's 15 minutes. (laughs) Yep. I love it. Do you usually cook or does your husband cook usually? Um, we kind of switch half and half, but I I probably do most of the cooking. He does all of the cleaning. Yeah. I love that. We're, we're the opposite. My husband does like almost like 99% of the cooking I clean. (laughs) Okay. Here's another question. What is one ingredient that you always make sure is on your plate or like maybe category of ingredients? Yeah, I was going to say probably, well, it probably goes back to having, I like what you said, the pros, protein and carbs or protein and produce for sure. Um, It just feel, I feel like more satisfied when I eat both together. Um, It's enjoyable. I'm I'm filled up. My energy is better. So fill in the blank. Protein could be chicken, eggs, beef, fish. I love fruit. I'm a big fruit fan. <laughs> I love that you say that because I think there's a lot of people out there that are scared of fruit because someone told them at some point that it's high in sugar. High in sugar. Yeah. Just pair it with some protein and enjoy it and move on with your day. You don't yeah. need to fear fruit. <laughs> it's an incredible <laughs> source of nutrients. Amen. I always like to like point back to the science. Sorry, I know this is rapid fire, but this is not a rapid. Response. No, I love it. Keep going. Uh-huh. 
But like with fruit, for instance, it's an incredibly high source of potassium and many people don't get enough potassium and that actually helps regulate your blood sugar. So fun fact. There you go. Okay. Eat your fruit. Okay. You mentioned eggs a bunch. So here's my next question for you. Let's settle this debate once and for all. Does having high cholesterol come from eating too many eggs? It is funny you ask that. I have mentioned eggs a lot. That's so funny. But um, I'm actually in the process of um, putting together a class, a nutrition class on cholesterol for um, the primary care office I work at. And it's all about cholesterol. So perfect. um, Yeah. Eggs. So any kind of food that has cholesterol in it is not going to lead to a rise in your blood cholesterol. Okay. Did you hear that? Who's listening? (laughs) Okay. Say that again. (laughs) Even if we ate a diet that had no cholesterol in it, your body is still going to produce cholesterol if it needs it. So Mm -hmm. if you eat a diet with more cholesterol, it's not, your body will kind of compensate. So it will produce less to the degree that it needs. Um, so it's not necessarily eggs that raise your cholesterol. So you are good to eat eggs. Okay. I eat, I eat at least three eggs every single day. Yeah. Yeah. My dad always asks me that. I think it must be a generational thing. He's like always so concerned that I eat so many eggs. He's like concerned for me. He's like, have you checked your cholesterol lately? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I I don't know when it was, but there was like a a time magazine and on the cover, it said something, it was about, I think saturated fat or cholesterol. And it had a a sad face and said that the eyes were eggs and the frown was a piece of bacon. Bacon. Yep. Mm -hmm. I can picture that now. Yeah. I think people can like, it's literally been in like branded in people's brains, even that weren't born then. Um, and so they just kind of, yeah, have this belief that like, I can't eat them, but yeah. (laughs) Good. Okay. Cleared up. Uh, next question. What is something that the nutrition industry has way overcomplicated and it frustrates you? <laughs> um, I would say maybe just like nutrition in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, nutrition in general, but no, just like being able to trust our bodies and, and just like the intuition that we have. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm like, why do we have to have all of these products that are man-made when we have really good natural products that people have been eating for centuries and have been very healthy on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just like the process of eating. Why is it so complicated? I imagine it probably wasn't that way a hundred years ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like in that overcomplication people, that's where people are getting so frustrated and feeling like they're failures like all the, the different diets and macro splits and trends. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, eat more real minimally processed food. Like, amen. Start start there. (laughs) I read a stat and we keep digressing, but I read a stat the other day that the average adult will try 126 different diets over the course of their life. That's wild. 126. And, And most people last only six days. Yeah. And I'm like, if it didn't work last time, <laughs> at what point are you going to be like, I'm not doing this anymore, oh but it's that, like, you know, carrot dangling in front of you or whatever the analogy is, is like, oh, this one will be the one <laughs> that fixes me or whatever. No, no, no. Well, me. and it's usually like the next more complicated thing. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's like, well, if this is even more complicated, then it must be even better. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, good luck doing that forever. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, final question. What is your absolute favorite dessert and why? Okay. So two years ago, um, right when the pandemic hit my birthday was like two weeks later, mm. um, the shutdown and Tyler, my boyfriend at the time, now my husband, um, was like freaking out. He's like, I don't know where I'm going to get a cake for her birthday. Everything is closed. So he found this paleo double chocolate cake is from ambitious kitchen. And I am not exaggerating. It is incredible. And so he made that for my birthday and every year since it's only been two years, but, um, I made it for his birthday last year. He made it for mine. This past year, I made it for his birthday and he made it for mine. It is incredible. 
Um, it's moist. It's like so, so much chocolate, which is my favorite. Yes. It's incredible. And it's yeah. Ambitious kitchen. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to get that recipe from you and I'll post it in the, in the show notes. Yeah. It's incredible. I'll send you the link. It's probably like my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. To wrap up, I just always love to leave moms with like one simple action tip. And, and I know we kind of talked about that or danced around it earlier of just like, okay, just make it super easy. Like do one thing better, but what do you feel like is one simple thought or tip that you would encourage everyone that's listening right now to implement at their very next meal? Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say pair protein and carbs. Um, so the, I like the pros that's good. So hopefully your audience has heard you say that before. Oh, they hear me say it all the time. So yeah, we're reinforcing your insane wisdom. Um, And also just eating slowly, chewing thoroughly and paying attention to your food, which I don't have children right now. So like, I know me saying that you're like, okay, well, yeah, that's cute. But like, (laughs) but giving yourself grace, of course, but you know, doing what you can to just kind of like slow down and enjoy your food um, and pay attention to it. So good. I love it. I feel like we can all do that. So good. All right, Clara, where can we go grab some more of your resources and find out more from you, follow you, all the things, all the things, um, on Instagram, I am at food, fitness and faith. And, um, my website is claranorfleet.com. They don't match. And I have not changed over to my married name. So I was going to ask you if you're planning on changing the claranorfleet.com yes. to claracolly.com. I, I, I am eventually. It's just like one of those things. I'm terrible at tech and I just haven't even considered. Well, yeah, I haven't looked into getting someone to do it yet. So it's always so tricky transitions, not just like name transitions, but every time you move, like having to change your address and like all. Ugh. Yeah, it's terrible. I just okay. finally married in October 2020 and I just in March finally changed my name legally and got a new license <laughs> well it's not like a whole world of craziness has happened over the last couple of years so uh, yeah, I think yeah. you're excused well Clara this has been such an amazing conversation it's just been fun to talk to someone who's like such a kindred heart we are so on the same page so right. yes. what a treat we'll have to have you back on at some point in the near future but thank you so much for being with us